Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. This morning, I want to talk to us about vulnerability and friendship. Uh, just really important. I, I overlook it all the time. It's one of those things that's just not in autopilot. So first up, let's get some pictures of some movie covers up. Anybody seen any of these movies? Gran Torino? Let's play a little game. Let's give a little cheer when I mention the one you've seen or enjoy or whatever. So, Gran Torino? Yeah. Nice. Uh, St. Vincent? Big curveball, that one. Um, up? Yeah. That's a crowd pleaser. Uh, next slide. Uh, Hunt for the Wilder People? Yeah. Another weird one, but good. A Man Called Ove, a great book. Just come onto Netflix as a movie. Uh, and a bucket list. Great. So, uh, what do you think all these films have in common? Friendship, yeah, no, that's not the right answer. Uh, a bit, but they're they're all movies that make me cry. Uh, they're all movies. I'm not a particularly emotional guy. Uh, I can be in moments, but um, I'm quite often the butt of jokes about being a robot or uh, not knowing how to dance or uh, all of that stuff. So um, I think the reason why I engage with these films on an emotional level is because they're all, in one way or another, about this grumpy old fella who has like he's made his life the way it is through success or through uh being like guarding himself through being bruised um and then all of a sudden he's thrown into this kind of state of vulnerability by something that happens uh and then this this other person that's generally really annoying comes along uh, and tries to help, and he does everything in his power to make sure that that doesn't happen and he doesn't get any help. Um, and eventually they end up becoming friends and uh, just having a really quality time by engaging in those moments of vulnerability. Um, so yeah, now you don't need to watch any of the ones you haven't seen because I've told you what happens. Um, but they're, they're quality. So here's, um, here's some verses that we're going to look, look at today. Uh, it's from John 13. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew the hour had come for him to leave his world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon, to betray him. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God, returned God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water in a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter and said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't realise now what I'm doing, but later you'll understand. No, said Peter, you'll never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my feet as well. Jesus answered, those who have who already had a bath only need to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean, though not every one of you, for he knew what was he knew who was going to betray uh, and, what was, and why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. 
What a meaty bit of scripture. There's loads going on there, isn't there? Um, so I've gone for... Uh, I've gone for just a couple of little nuggets that I want to share with you. So here's, here's a couple of aims that I want to share with you. On. I want to try and let you know what I've got going on in my head when I read this, and I want you to kind of go home with this. So these two questions coming up, Joe. I, I want to be able to explain to you that Jesus demonstrates real friendship. Uh, sorry, that Jesus shows us that real friendship requires vulnerability. It's not like an added extra. Uh, it's actually... What makes you friends if you're just both pretending you're well hard all the time? Then that's not really friendship. Um, and I want, I want to encourage you guys to go deeper uh, into more authentic friendships through being honest about your vulnerabilities uh, and helping each other work that through. So you got those two? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, here's a couple of questions off the back of those pointers. Am I the kind of person who finds it easier to serve... Or am I the kind of person that finds it easier to be served? And what is it that stops me from giving or receiving help, money or time? See, from all that meaty stuff around that scripture, we've got all the theological stuff about Jesus doing the servant leadership stuff and uh, washing the disciples' feet. You've got all the stuff with knowing about Judas, about to do what he's going to do, but Jesus carrying on anyway. Uh, and then all the stuff about ritual cleansing. But what I want to focus on today is that reaction from Peter where he's like, hang on, no, you don't want to wash my feet. And there's that little little bit of pride thing there. So let's just pray for a sec and invite the Holy Spirit to come and do some stuff with us whilst I talk. Is that right? Yeah. Great. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that you're a really good God and uh, that you just really want to be involved in our life. That's why you made us. That's why you walked around the Garden of Eden uh, with us. That's why... Uh, you want to be a part of our lives now and we thank you that you are Emmanuel, God with us. And I pray that today as we explore what it is to be vulnerable and how involved you want to be, that we would soften up uh, and that we would, uh, I guess, be better to you, be better to the people around us uh, and share your uh, quality and character uh, through our own identity. Amen. So, here's a little story. Uh, so I've been a youth worker for a little while now, on and off. Uh, I, I studied theology uh, at Moorlands when I was like 18 through 21. And I had my first youth work post uh, in a church in Stourbridge. Uh, and I've, you know when you're young and naive and proud and you just got it down and you're doing what you want to be doing. Had, had all that going on. And uh, some of that's still there today, but like, it, it looks different. And uh, I, like, I, I've told you before, but there's been... Like I've, I've been through grief, I've been bruised, like I was widowed age 22 um, and I had this period of my life where I was obviously naturally glum uh, for that and in that time, uh, well running up to that time, I've been hanging out with a guy called Josh. Now Josh, uh, he's like a 16, 17 year old musician we used to sit and have coffee and talk through faith and talk through uh, all all of the encounter, all of the issues that he'd encounter as a, as a young musician, uh, gigging and, and all that stuff, and I had loads of great advice for him, uh, and he was always really good and listened, and he'd tell me when he makes mistakes, and I'd and I'd like try and encourage him and help him put boundaries in place and all that stuff. Um, but in in this grief, I was in my compassionate leave, just taking space and 
vegging out, watching telly and just trying to recoup my thoughts. And he, like, he phoned me up. He said, oh, Ben, Ben, can I come round? I was like, well... Uh, and he's like, oh, no, I really, really want to come round. Did you have some like, food or something? Well, uh, yeah, go on in. Um, so he shows up in the middle of the day uh, with a couple of tins of Pepsi and uh, a takeaway pizza. And we just sit there chatting for a little while. And I didn't want him to come and tell me how to feel or any of that stuff. Like, I obviously was just feeling rotten. Um, but anyway, he, he came along. And I, I can't remember now what it was he actually said to me. But like that feeling of him like just really caring for me and speaking truth into my life. Even though he was the person I was supposed to be looking after and was under my remit. And I knew about all the mistakes he made. And I was totally unqualified to do it. But actually, he was really, really helpful, and he, like, that moment really moved me forward, um, not just in my well-being, but in my faith and my understanding of how I interact with young people in the future. So that's just a little story, a uh, little nugget of vulnerability. So there's th- kind of three little aspects I want to try and work out uh, this vulnerability thing, and the first is pride. So if you can have first pride slide up, that'd be great. We all know that Jesus is like the king of heaven, like he's really special, like he's, he has always been special, he died on the cross to show that he'd been really special, uh, but he also models like just how great he is through the Bible and through what's happening in the spirit, um, but Jesus puts aside all of his like kingdom of heaven, like my sword's a tongue, like I, my clothes are shiny, heavenly imagery, um, and actually says, oh, I'm, I'm going to wash these guys' feet, which is pretty cool, I think. Um, there's that servant leadership aspect, um, which you just wouldn't expect. Like, I don't, like, I, Sim's my boss, I don't expect Sim to come and wash my feet or do things. <laughs> that said, he was one of the first to offer help when we moved, which is pretty cool. Um, but Jesus puts aside his position, um, which makes Peter uncomfortable. Uh, and I think that's fair. If someone offered to wash my feet, I would be like, why? Like, it is a bit strange. Um, I, when we read this scripture normally, we're taught about how brilliant the servant leadership of Jesus is, and uh, that's not untrue, but I just think it's, I think I always sympathise with Peter, thinking, actually, no, I don't want my feet washed. That's a bit weird. Um, uh, who has seen the, the picture of uh, the, it's a Leonardo da Vinci of uh, the, what's it called, the Last Supper? Have you seen that? You've got all these, all these uh, long-haired white guys sitting at a table, like having their dinner put out for them, and like there's all sorts of uh, like mythology around that picture and all the, the Dan Brown stuff. But what really bothers me about it is that they didn't sit at tables, like they just didn't. They'd they'd have their food like sat on the floor, and and then they'd all be lying next to each other like top and tail. So actually. People needed their feet washed because they've been walking around and it was stinky and we know that it's dusty. But when you've got someone's feet up by your head whilst you're trying to eat whatever you're trying to eat, that's something that needs to happen. But normally, you just get on with it and do it yourself. Or if you're wealthy, you'd have a slave come and do it. So that's why it's a bit bonkers that Jesus washes their feet. So Peter needed to wash his feet. It just didn't need to be Jesus that did it. Um, And that's why it's really interesting. He had to there was a vulnerability and there was something that needed to be done and, and Jesus did it. So admitting that it's all right for someone else to wash your feet is a bit of a thing. Uh, 
Now, on the slide behind me, there's a little line that says, ain't no sunshine. Because this, this is a little pride thing for me. Right? So, obviously, happily married to Beth. Uh, it's great. She's not here today, uh, which is kind of funny because it feeds into what I'm going to say. But sometimes when Beth goes away, I'm not the best at looking after myself. Any other, any other husbands or wife get that? Yeah, it's fair. Uh, and that includes not really eating the right food. That includes just watching whatever I want on TV. Uh, and sometimes actually just getting a bit glum because I'm not, I'm not great at asking to hang out with people. I, I'll celebrate in the fact that I've got a bit of freedom and I get to watch a bit of TV or eat whatever I want. But after like a couple of hours, I think, oh, do you know what? I'm a bit bored. I'm a bit bored and I, I want to be with people. And I'm just not great at asking for it. I'm not great at turning around and saying, do you know what, I'm not good at being on my own. Like, do, do you want to come around to my house to play? Like, do you, do you want to go out for a beer? Like, I'm not great at doing that. And just because I don't say it, and it doesn't mean that it's not there. Like, that pride thing is there regardless of whoever I tell other people about it and, like, people come to me to hang out or not. So now... Um, I'm a bit more honest about that with people. So with Jordan and Hannah, I haven't told them about this, but we've got this little arrangement where if Hannah goes away or Beth goes away, I, myself and Beth, will look after Jordan and try and do him a few meals and entertain him, etc. <laughs> and vice versa. And like we've really grown through that. Like Just being able to say, yeah, yeah, Beth's going away. Oh, do you want to go around for... Yeah, that'd be really good. That's really great, thanks. Like... <laughs> And through knowing that I'm vulnerable in that sense, they can then help me to do that, which is pretty cushy, I think. Um, so, yeah, why aren't we more honest about our vulnerabilities, about our needs? What is it that gets in the way? Like, is it what other people think about us? Is it that we are just really proud and we don't want to show those things off? And I think through being honest about things like that. It can be as daft as being alone for a little bit or it could be that you're going through some really serious stuff. Being vulnerable about that is what lets other people come in to make your life better and quite often Jesus chooses to let other people do that for us. So here we go. Next slide, please. Ebb and flow. Everyone knows what ebb and flow is, don't they? Swings and roundabouts, like a bit of this and a bit of that. And this is what I like about I didn't know this until I was researching for this talk, but you got this whole thing about the foot, prop, foot washing with Jesus and the disciples and he asked them to all do it together and that's great. But what I didn't realise is that the chapter beforehand is the chapter when Mary goes up to Jesus with a big bottle of perfume and pours it all over his feet and starts wiping hair around and it's really expensive, extravagant sign of just like, oh, you're awesome, like big over-the-top gesture. I didn't know that was immediately before um, the, the kind of classic foot washing story. So when I saw them together, I thought, hang on a sec. What Jesus is doing here is really cool. Because obviously Peter thinks that Jesus is the teacher and, and the boss and the one that should have his feet washed. And okay, well, I'd happily wash your feet because you deserve it and you're special. And like we all had to go at Mary for doing that because that was a big waste of posh perfume. Um, so why would you wash my feet? Like, you're special, I'm not, I'm normal. Like, why would you, why would you do that? And I think that's, that, for me, is a really interesting aspect. That's not just the servant leadership. That's actually Jesus saying, well, we're all going to look after each other. We're all going to wash each other's feet. Like, 
like yeah he's the the savior of the creator and the savior of the universe but actually he wants to share all that blessing and honor and uh, care with us and he wants us to do it for each other which is well cool i think uh so let me just find my place jesus is more than happy to be the one who one minute is receiving and the next minute is giving so there's loads of stories in the Bible about Jesus being cooked meals and sitting around with his disciples and them having a great time doing that. And you think, oh, okay, well, that must be nice, just going around to people's houses and have them cook for you all the time and that kind of thing. But then later on you see when Jesus is resurrected, he's out on the beach cooking a barbecue for, for his disciples when they come back from in. It's that shared thing. And I, I was wondering... Whether we've got relationships like that where maybe we're not quite so balanced, maybe maybe one person's doing all the serving and one person's washing all the feet all the time and one, pe- one person's having their feet washed and being sorted out. I don't know whether that's how that plays out in marriages, whether one of you runs around, does all the housework and the other one doesn't <laughs> or whether you go out for coffee with a friend and, and if your friend will always pay for the coffee and you're more than happy to just let that happen all the time. And then there's that kind of awkward silence when maybe it's your turn but you, you're just not in the habit of doing it. And that's a bit awkward. So I, I just thought, I mean, they're quite jokey kind of ways of looking at it. But if you think some relationships do really, like... Sometimes they really feel like they cost you without getting anything back. And, and that for seasons is good and is special, but that's not actually how what we see Jesus doing in the Bible. Jesus is always kind of giving and taking um, in those stories. Um, one of the things that we found with this ebb and flow swings and roundabouts thing is that actually in inviting other people to muck in and do stuff where we feel a bit short and a bit stuck, uh, it really gives them value. We've... I've got loads of examples of this. So, like when we were planning a wedding, we like one we're skint, two like there's just a lot of work to do, and three we knew loads of creative people that have loads of skills that were just more than happy to muck in and not show off, but just give what they can and make things work. And we we recently painted our house. It's not finished, um, but we thought we'd go with the whole like get a bunch of volunteers. So we do a Thursday night dinners club, which is where basically people that are in their 20s will come and have dinner on a Thursday. And uh, that's really good and really special. Um, but we thought we'd invite those guys to come and paint in our house because it was cheap labour again. And uh, it could be fun. Uh, and loads of people came and we fed them and we painted. And yes, we, we definitely went for the whole quantity over quality approach um, but like loads of the guys that are part of the club don't don't have their own home yet and like don't get to decorate stuff because they're renting or living with parents or whatever and now every time they'll come in the house they'll think oh I did that that's got my name on it like I've got value here I've invested in this house and I think we quite often forget that when we ask things of people sometimes when we ask things of people we kind of feel a little bit guilty because you know we're asking them for their time, money, resources, whatever, um, and because we get something out of it. But actually, the people that help us and 
uh, kind of meet us in our vulnerabilities, they get a kind of worth and a moment and like uh, like a mark in time when they say, yeah, I did that. I was important there. People value me uh, as much as they can see that I value them through doing it in the first place. You get that? Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. And my last little point is this. Um, Jesus is really interesting in the the foot washing scenario is he, he wants to put emphasis on that in the kingdom of heaven we've all got this equal standing happening and we see this spoke about um, later on in the epistles as well um, uh, which I'll get to in a bit but here's a quote from someone uh, her name is Sandra Schneiders uh, it says, in John's gospel, the foot washing is more about a mutual service of friendship and a mutual sharing of gifts that in no way implies any sort of domination. The message is not so much that the master has become the slave, uh, but that all are on the same level in the foot washing. Jesus challenges his disciples to do the same for each other and to see that they are all equal friends in the kingdom. No one is above or below in any way. There's that key phrase at the end of the verse, isn't there, where Jesus washes Peter's feet, washes the disciples, and he says, well, now you go and do this all the time. This is, this is your thing. This isn't just me coming and doing something special. I want you to go out and do it. The same power that's in me is in you. So you go out and get on with it and look after each other. Um, and here's those verses from the epistles I was, I was going to mention. Galatians 3.28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. No one's more important because they're this or that. We're all in it together. If we know Jesus, we're in it together. Whatever our background, political, I don't know, uh, what's the word? Swaying or uh, ethnicity or orientation or any of that stuff. If we're in with Jesus, we're with Jesus and that's that. Um, Romans 8.17, since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we were to share this glory, we must also share his suffering. That's a big ask, isn't it? Like it's, it's nice that we get to be part of God's special family and we get all the benefits of that. But actually, we do have to put in the graft and the suffering as well. And that's what Jesus asks of us. Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 7.22, and remember, if you were a slave when the Lord called you, you are now free in the Lord. And if you were free when the Lord called you, you are now a slave of Christ. I love that there's that tension of like one minute, Paul writing that I'm a slave. And then the next minute, he's saying that actually, I'm a co-heir. Like that, that doesn't fit. If you think about, if you, if you, let's look at Downton Abbey, right? You've got the posh people who own the house. You've got the people that like wash the pots. Like, at no point does one of the people that wash the pots, like, inherit the... Do you know what? No, don't inherit Downton Abbey. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't make sense. But actually, in the kingdom of heaven, it's much flatter hierarchy structure. We're all, the, we're all the same. We all get inheritance, but at the same time, we've all got to graft and serve Jesus and get on with that. Um, another little story involves Paul again. Paul's getting wheeled out quite a lot at the moment because um, he's, a, he's a really special guy and really influenced my life over the last uh, 18 months. Um, I really like cooking. I really like inviting people into my house. Uh, Beth's the same. That's really nice. It's just something we're used to doing. Um, 
So we thought nothing when we first got to know Paul of inviting him into our house and saying, oh, let's have some dinner. It'd be nice to get to know you a little bit better. And we did that and we had a lovely time and we talked till we ran out of words and our, our relationship is deeper for it. What was more challenging for us, I'm being honest here, is that Paul wanted to return the favour. That's, that's amazing and that's really great. But for me, that's a little bit of a, oh well, I'm pretty happy just like cooking food that I know how to do and in my own home and that's comfortable and that's nice. But like that horrible, like rotten, guarded old man from the movies came out and I was like, well, actually... Like Paul's like a single guy and that might be a, a bit weird going into his house and he, like, I don't think he cooks much and like, it's a council flat and like, all these horrible like, um, prejudices and, um, and guards that I put down to being vulnerable like, popped out and I, I'm really I'm ashamed to say that that was there but what I'm really proud of is that we managed, we managed to just get on with it and we went to Paul's house and we just had the best time laughing over, like, Paul gone out and he bought all sorts of quiche and, uh, like, just great food, put on a spread. And a few of us went round and it was just really quality. And where Paul had shown us, like, his vulnerable side in, in, in the way that he lives and, and his, uh, like, even, like, the food choices and things like that and putting himself out there, that meant a lot to us. That made us feel valued. And, and I'm sure it's a mutual thing, isn't it, Paul? like we've talked about a couple of times. And I just, I don't know how I can encourage you guys to, to be more like that and to not let your pride get in the way of, of being served as well as serving, um, from, especially from ways you're just not used to. Because uh, I've really grown in the last like, year or so through, uh, through that relationship and, and the way that, that is. Even yesterday, uh, we were walking down, down through the town uh, we'd done that thing where you park at Aldi because it's free parking and you try and rush around town, get everything done in town and then run back and do your shopping and then disappear <laughs> all in two hours. Um, so we'd gone up to the post office and we were walking back and um, Beth gets a phone call from Tom Woods. Went, What's Tom Woods phoning for? I didn't normally phone. Uh, so I picked up the phone and it was Paul on Tom's phone and they were both waving in from the cafe at Bradbeer's. Um <laughs> uh, saying, oh, do you want to come up for a coffee? And we said, oh, we're in a bit of a rush. And they're like, go on in. And we made it work, and it was just really nice to just be there for one another and, and to be able to have that good time. And we had our little set schedule, but we managed to find the time to make it work. It didn't mean we had to, like, absolutely tear it around Aldi and have about eight conversations with Chris Lowne-Jones whilst we were there. But, <laughs> like, I just want you guys to just be, like, really, like, become more involved in each other's life, not... Not because it's cool or because it's the trendy thing in Christianity at the moment. I want you to do it because that's, that's what Jesus asked us to do. That's what the King of Heaven decided to do with his time that he gets to spend with us. Like He came to be with us and showed, him, showed us that he wanted to be like us and be vulnerable like us. Uh, so that he could show us help and show us a way out and support us. Um, and we've all got great reasons as to why, we, why we're a bit more careful or jaded or uh, protective about ourselves because of things that might have happened or uh, how a bit a bit bruised but I just want to encourage you all to be really gentle with one another um, like if people are sharing their vulnerabilities be gentle if people uh, are inviting you to do stuff 
Like, be gentle. If people are wanting to spend more time with you, be gentle. I'm not always the most gentle person. Sometimes it shows. And uh, that's not very nice. It's something I want to get better at. But yeah, I want you guys to be really gentle, be really encouraging with one another. And um, yeah, here's my, my leaving thoughts. We're in a society where we're encouraged to have a stiff upper lip, where an Englishman's home is his castle, where, uh, especially if you're, you're, a, if you're a bloke, you're supposed to be well-armed and uh, you're supposed to have everything down. And we've, we know all the stats about people who aren't, talking and are suffering and, and all the, the suicide stats from, of young men, from people who just aren't showing their vulnerabilities and feel like they can't and it's, it's, it's a bit of a mess. Like, how good would it be if like, we made a difference to that in, in Romsey through being honest and, and sharing about where we're at and being there more for each other? Like, how good is it that that mill rotor thing came out on the clip, clipboards and like, that we can sign up to do stuff like that and support each other? I didn't know that was going to happen. It's just ties in nicely like I just want to encourage you to do that like everything in our everything in our culture is steering us away from like being vulnerable and getting better at inviting people into our lives and serving each other but in the kingdom of heaven that's just what we do so let me pray and then Simon can't do communion Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that you're a great God, uh, that you really want to be part of our lives and you teach us uh, that you can be part of people's lives through us just getting on with it and loving each other and being vulnerable. Uh, sorry for when we're a bit guarded or jaded and clumsy and uncareful with the way that we deal with the people around us. We really are. And we just pray that you'd help us to be more sensitive and that, that we'd model who you are, model what you do and that people would know you better through all that's going on. Amen. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk Thank you for listening.